Praise be, higher side chatters. It has been some time since I jumped in here before starting the show to give you any sort of information, but I feel like it's worth saying right at the top that we have one of those rare situations where our guest sells products, in this case, to Vortex and optimize your water quality, and he was kind enough to give us a THC discount code for anything in his store. We didn't decide on that until after the interview, so yes, I can tell you about it in the wrap-up, but I also wanted you to know about it right at the top. Use the code THC-10 for 10% off any orders under $1,500, and use the code THC-20 for any orders that are over $1,500. And these are serious prices, I understand. That's not really my department. I just happened to have had John's work presented to me and thought he had a profound and esoteric even understanding of water that lines up with what a lot of our guests have circled around. And so I do what I do and present him to the crew. (laughs) But hear him out and see what you think. He has products for pretty much anywhere that water comes into your house. Whole home systems, under-the-sink systems, vortexing shower heads, and a portable pour-through slash pitcher product. I was going to get myself the pitcher and test it out before releasing this one, but whatever. The show is ready, so why make you wait? I'll talk about my experience some other time. So I don't mean to stall the action. You can also find the coupon codes in the show notes, but keep it in mind as you listen, and if you like what you hear, why not get a little discount? But either way, the magic of water is a really interesting topic to me, and I've been looking for an avenue to take it from just some intellectual exercise to something practical. And maybe this is it. We shall see. But John is just a great guest to talk to about water. So, enjoy. In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Fireside Chats. Woosa, higher side chatters from sunny San Diego. I'm Greg Carlwood. And when we think deeply about the state of our society, it seems like we barely even qualify as advanced, let alone number one. Sure, many of our processes are complex, but do we really need to ship cheap plastic goods all the way from China to the local Walmart? Do we need disgusting factory farms stinking up everything for miles processing animals that are barely propped up with another round of shots and antibiotics? Is it right to have a laundry list of strange and concerning side effects for the latest greatest petrochemical pill? And should we really dismiss the less conventional interests of history's brightest minds, like alchemy, as just something they got into as they were going crazy in old age? Really, it seems like we've been corralled into complex systems because they're easy to monopolize and hard for others outside the robber baron class to duplicate, not because they're the best or anything close to optimized. But some outside-the-box thinkers have looked deeper at nature and realized that we should have never been so quick to claim superiority when we've barely scratched the surface of the insights it gives us and the ways we could harness it best for health, energy, and abundance. Well, one of the main gifts nature gives us is water, and the latest in water science is some mind-blowing stuff with a wide range of applications that could improve pretty much everything. 
And with us here today to talk about such things is Jonathan Butts, the CEO of Natural Action Technologies. John was educated in nuclear power while in the Navy and had a few early experiences that tipped him off to there being a lot of unexplored depth to water. And he applied his engineering skills and research into some of the best water revitalization products money can buy, so let's get into it. The H2O engineer, fluid mechanics maestro, and living liquid life force technology teacher, John, welcome to the higher side. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks for taking the time. This is going to be great. Water is one of those side subjects that we keep coming back to because, as I'm finding out, we have a lot more to understand about it and what it can do. It seems that those who tried to teach us about this in the past were sort of marginalized, but now we have access to more information and there's a lot of renewed interest in water as more of us are wising up to the importance of it and the sad state of our water quality today. But it seems like there were a few different points in your life where you got an indication that there was more depth and mystery to the substance than we're typically taught. Is that right? Oh, 100%. I think it kind of rolled around in the background until that moment. And I think that moment was very clear for me <laughs> where it was like, okay, there's definitely 100% like a deeper mystery and without a shadow of a doubt, an unveiling of. I would say a being kind of like a spirit, the spirit of water came forward and changed the polarity of the mystery, you know, of, of approaching it as a mysterious thing that only I kind of was looking at. And, and I would say that, you know, had to do with in retrograde, looking back on where I grew up, how I grew up, my tendencies to be around water. And I would say that was, you know, more it had to do with like fishing, you know, fishing and my attraction to fishing from a very, very young age, like drew me to water. And I thought it was about the fish and catching fish. But as I got older and when that moment happened, I knew it was about like observing water and being intimate with water, like being on the water, in the water, trying to figure out how water creatures behaved was more about learning about water. So it came full circle at a certain point in my life. Right on. The spirit of water. I like that. And I hope we get back to using that kind of language in our society because indigenous folks for a long time have talked about the spirit of various plants and the rivers and lakes. And I just think it's, even if it may be not technically true, and it may be, it's still a type of language that gets us thinking in respectful terms rather than domination terms. So it's good either way you slice it. And what was that real turning point for you? I've heard you mention a few things. Was this drinking the mountain spring water at one particular time, which was an aha moment? Oh, that definitely happened too. Okay. So if we start there, that's going to be about seven years before the like aha moment where it was like, not so much my little eccentric relationship with water. And so after I got out of the service, I was in heavy industry and I felt like I was missing, you know, deeper lessons from nature. So my goal was, is just to go out in nature as far away from civilization as possible. And I guess I really don't know why there was just a desire within me to go you know, go where nobody's really contaminated or mess this up and get a clear perspective of 
what the earth as a whole is like without infiltration from invention and more like a hardcore like technology right like iron and steel i grew up in an iron steel family business a big industry and kind of kept down that road and on the side i was fishing and getting on water as much as possible so at one point i'm in montana and I'm on horseback with a group of people kind of going through wilderness training and seeing what that's going to be like for a career. You know, I'm going to leave industry. I'm going to go live in the mountains and disconnect from normal civilization. That was my goal. Mm -hmm. And it was extremely hot, probably pushing high 90s, altitude 8,000 feet-ish. And... I was out of water for sure at this point. The horse was drenched in sweat from top to bottom. And I remember cutting across a logged, like clear cut. The packer who was teaching us how to work on horseback and work deeper in the mountains was like, hey, we're, we're all out of water. It's hot. We're going to take a shortcut to get to the spring. And so I remember, you know, riding the horse up a steep hill across a clear cut where they had logged crossing over into wilderness area it was kind of on the bubble of where you're allowed to do that stuff and where you're not and we got through it and it was like i remember hitting the clear cut and it was just like oh my god like 95 degrees just turned into like 120 it felt like you were in a desert in the mountains and then we cleared the clear cut and then all of a sudden this energy shift occurred the horse started behaving different I'm like, we must be getting close to the spring. You know, it's a spring kind of small stream up there at high altitude. And I remember at one point sensing, and I could tell the horse knew it too, that water was nearby. And, and then over a little crest, you could see, you know, the different foliage surrounding the stream. And I just jumped off the horse and noticed the horse didn't even hesitate when I got off and turned and started following me. So I wasn't even leading this horse anymore. And I wasn't afraid that this horse was going to run away off the lead. And I knew the horse knew the water was there. So we both walk over. He's just dragging his lead right next to me like, yeah, buddy. You could Horses, if you know them, they kind of give off an excitement that makes a human being like get very trustworthy. And when they get like off balance, you can feel it right away when they're about to buck you off. And that's kind of part of learning horses. At any rate, we end up at the spring, and I remember this, like, the energy of the horse and its eyeball. I looked over at the horse, and its eyeball, as we were drinking, was, like, sending me a message of, like, oh, you don't know about real water. Hmm. And at the same time, the water was hitting my mouth out of the palms of my hand. And I remember laughing and going, oh, my goodness, there's like 6 billion people on Earth, and I'm 24 years old, and this is the first time I've drank water, and most people probably never will. <laughs> and it was like a weird truth happening in my life about something I was suspicious about, but I didn't have an explanation for. And up until that point, I wasn't really a big fan of drinking water or, you know, the way I just never had a consuming attraction to water 
And at that moment, I realized that certain types of water were the pinnacle of the fluid that I put in my body. And for me, my relationship with horses and water like kind of culminated right there as a truth that I knew I'd never really be able to share. Mm -hmm. No matter how much I talk about it, I can't explain what happened because my relationship with water and horses are unique. And that's where they combined in a, like a super deep truth for me where I just knew I didn't need science. I didn't need anybody else to tell me anything. I just knew. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great story. And so later on, I believe you were asked to check out a product for a steel company or something there. Talk to us about the real aha moment where you just fully dedicated yourself to water. Okay. And so this is like many years later, I'll guess about seven or eight or something like that. And so my dad, I was kind of working a little bit on the outside of his steel company. I'd help out every now and then, but it really wasn't my deal. And at some point, it kind of came back full circle. I was on the road with my dad in Texas, visiting different steel mills down there. And he said to me, you know, we've been running our product for like 20 some years now. I really want you to get involved and we need to come up with a new product. Something that helps the steel mills out that's valuable, you know? And I said, all right, I don't know the steel mill process as well as I should to answer that question. But if you're willing to broaden, you know, what we design and manufacture, I'll find somewhere in the steel mill that we can improve something to the point where it has value for them. And he said, all right. And then I said, give me a year to study the process in detail, the whole steel process, how I feel I need to, and I'll see what comes up. And he said, all right, go do it. And about a month later, I was doing some side work on some weird electric cars. This is like, it's like some kind of French electric car. (laughs) And some people called me that I had previously known from racing and they were running a business with golf carts, electric cars, automotive service. You know, they were out in the country kind of in farmland doing this ATV, kind of a wide range, full service, just like, you know, mechanic, electrical take care of people in that sense. And I did a little work for them on the side every now and then when things were slow. And so they called me one day and I had done, you know, work for them recently in the past. So that's how they knew. And they were like, Hey, we came across this technology that we want to install on people's vehicles that, you know, reduces emissions and increases fuel mileage. And this is somewhere in the 08, 07 range, 07, 08, right? Mm-hmm. And this individual was a Vietnam vet, and I always admired him. He always gave me good advice, and I kind of knew his family through racing and making hot rods and performance application stuff that I used to be into as a hobby and a little bit of a profession. And I said, all right, I'll look at it. I said, well, what's the basis of it? And they said, well, basically, you just pour water in it and turn it on. And there's some tricks to it, some engine stuff. And I was always fascinated with race engines. So I studied race engines, which largely work from vibrations and how the vibrations combine within the engine and break the laws of physics. So mind you, I already knew that. I already had a pretty deep experience in nuclear power 
which also breaks a lot of the laws of normal physics, Newtonian physics, even with what we call corrective factors that we kind of do to make the physics work when we get into the fluid flow and engineering and science background of it. So it's not like I'm unqualified to take a look at this. I know automotive engines very well, way beyond the general automotive world, deep into the racing history, deep into Charles Taylor, who's considered the godfather of the ICE engine, which is internal combustion engine. And so I had studied MIT level ICE engines down to the T. I've been involved in professional racing at the NASCAR level and engine building at the highest levels as far as actual output figures, output efficiencies, right? So these guys know I'm qualified to take a look at this and they tell me it's water and it makes this substance called HHO. And so I'm thinking about it and I'm going, well, HHO, I never heard of that. But let's explore into it. So I follow the group a little bit that's selling this technology, get firsthand with them and they have pretty poor explanations of everything in my opinion, from what is available for conventional knowledge beyond Newtonian physics, like nuclear power, stuff that's already done to scale, things that are producing in the 1,000 megawatt range reliably 24-7. So it's not like this is theory or modeling. This is qualified application to a degree of reliability that is way beyond what your conventional person considers operating in what I would call more civilian territory with unclassified projects. So I'm like, I'll give this a wing. I talked to some people technical from their side. Some of the guys seem to be knowledgeable, know what they're doing. So yes, I will assess this for you. So I purchase the technology in joint with this company and do an assessment. And immediately with minor adjustments, the vehicle doubles fuel mileage and runs way better across the board. And it did take some intricate knowledge of how to tune and what a motor looks for and what it's doing. But I mean, it was like right out of the box, a 2003 Jeep Cherokee four liter, never got better than 20 miles to a gallon. And on the freeway, I was turning 43 within two weeks of tuning and installing probably about 40 hours worth of work to find the limits of the under and over. Hmm. And that amazed me. And at that point, I said, well, I can tell you one thing for certain. It is not powered by hydrogen. There's something else going on here because hydrogen cannot account the way we understand it, the way the equations work, the way electrolysis works on a separation factor, separating hydrogen from oxygen. But I knew we weren't by the design of the thing. I knew we were bleeding a whole hydrogen oxygen situation into the motor at a certain rate which by conventional burning and btu value of hydrogen and that's this is where everybody goes wrong in their programming is burning the word burning or oxidation the level of oxidation or burning so i said you know what the automotive world's a headache you know, Ford's already involved in this. Boeing's already involved in this. This is a political nightmare. These are some things I knew from researching into it that actually were recorded collectively. So all this can be verified. Some of it was on the news. Some of it was on 60 Minutes. But in the end, 
I thought whatever this is, is operating on a totally different principle and screw trying to install these on automobiles and fighting the machine because we're never going to win that fight. And everybody's going to blame you when the slightest thing goes wrong with this. And this group is not ready for scale introduction. They're just in a war with the oil companies introducing technologies that are probably over 100 years old to date with my research. And so what I say is I want to know more about this stuff and I want to see like how it so-called burns. So I took the unit out of the automobile, put it in my garage, you know, kind of laboratory that I normally use for building race engines. And I said, I'm going to put this in a nozzle and see how it burns. And so I just hooked up a little setup and started measuring some stuff and I turned the gas on. You know, it's a little setup with a battery and some other in-between devices to change the vibrations minorly. And I lit it, and the moment it lit up, I knew I was witnessing something that was truly unique that was not discussed even at the specified project levels in the military because I had those reasonable clearances in nuclear power where you learn about stuff that they normally don't teach. And that moment was like, bing, okay, now I'm up till three in the morning working two jobs every day to not only just pay for my bills in life, and I recently just got married too, so this all wasn't working out too good for that. But I was locked in, and I was working as much as possible in a 20, probably 18 to 20 hours out of a day, making them, I was driven to make more money than ever before to afford the research and development to find out more about what this was. And in the end, I very affordably did some simple testing because I couldn't afford really expensive stuff like deep mass spectral testing to validate. In the end, I did a simple experiment looking at the availability of oxygen within the gas, which is easy to do. And in the end, I found out the oxygen was unavailable through a 3,000 degree burn, meaning I could take this vapor and bleed it through a 3,000 degree flame and it would not react with the flame, which if, if I just took oxygen and shoved it in there, the flame would totally change its behavior. So this vapor, as it is properly understood, is coherent enough to travel through 3,000 degrees and keep the hydrogen-oxygen bond stable as a vapor. And that took about 50 bucks to run that test. Meanwhile, universities and everybody else are getting and spending millions of dollars not correctly describing what's going on, which just led to a cascade of studying liquid water, ice, the behavior of water everywhere and anywhere, and what is this new force that is not widely taught even to somebody who has postgraduate practical knowledge of things in physics that are beyond and the chase is on at that point in 2009 <laughs> about is when that happened i love it i love it and so to broaden this out to the way we use water in society the plumbing system versus what you saw in the mountain with the horse and just how it affects our body and how not all water is created equal. When you compare and contrast water in the natural world versus our city water, 
Obviously, we know it's worse quality because of the contaminants in it, the fluoride, the chlorine, the pharmaceuticals that have been flushed down the toilet, the forever chemicals that are in it. But that's not really what we're talking about here. That's like a 101 understanding. Yeah, you shouldn't pump dead water through lead pipes to people's houses. Got it. (laughs) Uh, That's a very simple understanding. But there's these other more magical processes that seem to emerge from nature and changing the quality of the water. Some people say fourth phase of water. Some people say gel state, structured water. You were told HHO. Uh, There's all these terms and maybe they are different things. Maybe there's multiple aspects of water that are hidden from us. But in terms of like the way our city water works versus nature, how would you compare and contrast that? And and like now, knowing what you know, how would you design a water system for a mid-sized city? Okay, yeah, interesting. That's like real scale level stuff, which is different than, say, what we do when we're treating water with your home, a half-inch pipe, a three-quarter pipe, a one-inch pipe. Totally different mechanics, but the same air, right? Moving water in a straight line under pressure. And it's not that water doesn't like or can't take pressure. It does, but not in that way. But, you know, in a central system, we need the pressure to get the water to people. And that's really the name of the game there is rotation is completely starved out of the equation. It's rotation. And even if you look at the Bernoulli's energy balance in physics, if you look at any of the mathematics and electrical dynamics, None of them allow for rotation along the line of intention, which means I want to get this from here to there. What's the best way to do it? And the caveman in us says, go in a straight line. But the caveman who walks the mountains in the forest knows there's no such thing as a straight line. And so everything's always moving from left to right and right to left over and over and over again. And when it does it in an organized spin equation, Not only the substance that's doing it changes, but the environment around it changes, even without direct contact. And it turns out there's quite a large historical study of this physics phenomenon that's not quite as rigid as the grid or the A to B analysis. So in a way, the intention should be to deliver high-quality water to the residents of a mid-sized city It is obvious that water never, ever, ever moves in the way we choose to move it. And it is obvious that the water spends most of its energy trying to break out of the pipe. Hmm. And that means the water, it's like you trying to break out of a room constantly. Right. A jail cell, being handcuffed, being in a straitjacket. It's literally like you're trying to free yourself up so you can move the way you want to move. And what I say is, how does water want to move? Rather than going, this is random, this is a force condition. I loved your intro because it hit on the idea that somehow humankind thinks it can dominate over the laws of the universe. And that is a futile, pathogenic, self-destructive behavior. And the whole collective human race can feel it. The biggest way to unveil that or unwind that, in my opinion, is through the master element, which I call water. And we watch how it likes to move because it carves its own pathway through nature. 
and you know when you're watching a, a river that's been around for a million years you're watching the wisdom that's the simple wisdom that's in the water as it reshapes rocks to make the rock and the elements that are in it better to make the water better to make the rock and the elements better it's a synergy this doesn't cause that they happen simultaneously moving forward to higher quality i suppose that's the transition we need to face as human beings right now so that's it in a nutshell we're moving the water incorrectly by forcing it into straight lines in a saturated mode like there's no looseness in the water there's no gas there's no air in there if you watch water in a clear pipe under pumping pressure you can't even tell it's moving you would think that the water was sitting still in the pipe when you're moving it at 100 gallons a minute at 200 psi mm -hmm. and that tells you it's stuffed <laughs> you know right on yes you know, there's a lot of people who probably think water is boring, just not that interesting, but I really want them to see it in a new light because I've heard you talk about how we should think of water as a living substance, as an intelligent substance. I mean, you started by saying the spirit of water. Well, what does that indicate? It means it has some kind of intelligence to it. And you've used terms like exhausted water or dead water or stressed water in terms of what comes out of our pipes. And really it needs to be massaged and folded and vortexed as you would see in a stream. Maybe kneading dough or a taffy puller might be a good analogy for what water needs or likes to create more energy. I believe you've said that the qualities of this structured optimized water that we're talking about, it comes from not necessarily the pulling apart, but it wants so much to get back together that that's kind of what, what causes the magic. Help me out here. Yeah. And I think like there's a broad, and I like the human race as a whole to know that I think these types of principles should be in education as young. Once you've seen the world a little bit, these are very, very, very simple things. So when we look at what water likes and what doesn't like, and we start talking about extremes, like, ooh, don't stress the water, right? Well, actually, water likes a little bit of rhythmic stress, but there's a threshold to it. So water likes to move apart and come back together again. And each time it does that, um, gets moved apart and comes back together, it raises its quality, and it's a measurable not very easily measured because it's hard to get instruments into the water without affecting the water. So you get into like the Heisenberg principle, the observer starts to affect the end result, which is very true with water. It makes the science difficult when people start making stuff up in order to explain and sell things versus share the foundational spiritual essence of the equation that gets to the soul of yourself and the soul of water which largely those two coincide together in your body and can also operate at a distance from your body but it's all kind of the same thing like the ether so in order to create with a higher quality water likes a certain amount of threshold of stress and then let go and rewind together so hydrogen and oxygen are not like a chemical and H3O2, H2O, that's not really the spirit of water at all. Those are the physical manifests of the spirit 
And when we're done destroying that spirit as much as we can, what's left is H2O. And that's not even true. Gerald Pollack is theorizing on H3O2. There's no fact to it whatsoever. And I could actually break down the fact of chemical compounds and molecules in the mass spectral and UV spectrometer analysis, which is the way we kind of claim that we have proof that this atom exists or doesn't exist. And what we have proof of is a probability for a circumstance, meaning if we destroy the water with force, the highest probability leftover part is going to be H2O. So that may like give somebody a reference for like what science is, what science isn't. Science is more like the probable perspective given X conditions. And so conditions of breaking things apart intentionally lead to parts of X that are the most solid. But if we take the perspective of putting things together, then we end up with the new end product, which is more like water. So if you take that idea of how do we put water together, not like even put it back together, but just say, how does water put itself together in nature? We end up with, we use integrals in the real analysis, which is the area under the curve. And what it ends up with is asymmetrical waveforms that indicate impulses with information. Like I'm going to send an impulse and on it is a packet of information that gives you an instruction, kind of like a zip folder, like a zip file. Like I send you the zip file, you unzip it and out comes a bunch more information. And this is precisely how water carries itself and how water communicates. And if you put water under too much stress for too long, it adapts and changes its mode of operation, actually hardens itself to protect itself, which is kind of what we call like the eggshell layer that everybody calls hexagonal water. So the history of Mukshikun, the Kangen water, all that stuff, like the harder stuff they were able to measure because when they tried breaking it apart using conventional science, it had bigger pieces of the different side of itself and they were onto that. But then everybody overbid into that equation and kind of went back to the hardened story, like the eggshell and threw away the yolk and the whites. Hmm. And now we're studying the eggshell. That's like, that's what Gerald Pollack's doing with easy water. And it's not a debate. It's a fact. He has measurements that, hey, we're going to talk about less than 1% of the total body of the water in the scientific side of it. That being said, Gerald Pollack. I've heard in private does have a more spiritual discussion of water, but what's in print and what's facing outward is a tiny, tiny bit of the principle of water. And that opens up the door kind of more to the Native American side and the indigenous cultures and the Ayurvedic, right? So now I'm like an industrial technical race car engine builder guy who's, who has always been interested in fishing and being in nature and then studied Native American principle ever since I was a kid because my mom read these big books on the topic and used to kind of teach me a little bit about, you know, our country and what it was like before our family started coming here, right? Mm -hmm. The immigrant story. So there you go with like how it starts to come full circle with my own spirit, how for everyone, like, you know, we're mostly water and so is the planet. So we're literally water beings and the planet is a water being. 
Whereas you could go to another planet and the frequencies are different and we wouldn't recognize what the water was there other than what's the life force that drives this planet that's most concrete, that expresses the desire and manifest equally as the universe does as we all observe it. Mm -hmm. Well said. It seems like you were totally primed to be in this position. And it is strange because water is so ubiquitous in our bodies and our environment that it's odd that it has these qualities that have gone pretty under the radar until recent years. And it's not that it's completely undiscovered because you have said in previous interviews you thought you discovered something, but then you went back through the history and realized there were plenty of people who were onto this stuff too in their day. And we know a bit about Victor Schauberger, obviously a big name in water, but can you tell us about some of the others that you learned about from studying the history or some things that people just might be interested in, in terms of water and what never makes it into our textbooks? Yeah, sure. I think just kind of give a hexagonal perspective of water for some case of parity is so in physics, there's always been four phases and only four phases and four kind of represents logic. So it's like where the mind and the physical world meet to wrap their head around reality. So you have a liquid, you have a solid and you have a gas. And basically, if you look at those, the major difference is density and volume, which kind of go hand in hand. And then you have a fourth phase, which every scientist and physicist and person, especially in today's terms, like defaults to, which is called plasma. And so, you know, when I first heard about plasma, my dad started teaching me about superconductors and plasma probably when I was 10 years old. He was a chemist and kind of a unified field seeker, but... I really became deep with that. What's this unified field? How does it work? That's what I want to know. What's an atom? What's the idea of the physical world? And so this logical foundation is those cases. So when somebody says there's a fourth phase of water, the only thing it could mean to me, because we have to agree on some form of logic, is the plasma form of water. So what does plasma really mean? And they say it's a state of matter transition. So, okay, plasma is transition, and transition is the unknown. It's changing, and we don't exactly know how it's changing if we haven't defined what water exactly is. And so that's kind of my drive is to define what water is. And Schauberger basically came from observing nature. He was a woodsman, a forester, a huntsman, and made some big mistakes using water to help the forest industry. And I think he was one of those guys that was like, wow, I just became the like biggest hypocrite in my life because I use water to kill water. And I watched it happen. Basically chopped down the trees, moved them out of the woods around a waterway. And then the waterway died because of the sunlight. And everybody's always like, oh, sunlight, you know, that's the thing that drives everything. Well, so does darkness. It's not one it's how the balance worked together, how the breathing in and breathing out happened to create life and how the synergy or the overlap or connection with the next thing, like us to the earth, that's like a big, simple thing. And what's the earth made out of water? So when I dug back into this, I was absolutely elated. You mentioned Schauberger. And then there's this chain, whether we're talking about the vapor, whether we're talking about the liquid whether we're talking about the solid, 
there's a case where water is almost always in the triple point where science said the triple point water is the only thing that can get in the triple point that can combine these states of matter that are definable liquid solid gas and what is the transition that was always my you start up an engine room and shut down and there's things that happen that are totally different than when it's stable and up and running due to the set of conditions we design upon it so i be like tesla in principle i became interested in tesla because i saw electricity and water as identical because when i really learned about electricity i was told to take the view of water and that will explain electricity to you and the deeper you look at water the more you understand how energy flows then you can start to understand how to scale like what we call higher efficiency energy systems yes. which involve water <laughs> and and why would it involve water you know to me water taught me why water would be included in the electrogravitic equation in the electrodynamic equation and in the understanding of what magnetism and electricism or the dielectric really is or the diamagnet really is fair fair yes and i definitely want to talk about energy applications and over unity but that's probably second hour stuff because I want to make sure we also get a good at least 15 minutes in this first hour about the company and the products you make and how it affects health. Uh, the founder of the company, I understand his name was Clayton Nolte, and I assume you met him somewhere along the way and you're now the CEO of this company. Talk to us about Clayton, the initial inventor and founder of the company and some of the products that he developed, which have now been refined even further. Yeah, so I was doing the plasma research for the steel mill. So we went into, to go back in the history of this, definitely it was obvious to everybody that the water plasma, which is what it is, the water transition was implosive. I verified that scientifically. So there was a big debate amongst the community between explosion and implosion. And nobody really knew about implosion. So this was the first thing to arrive in the physics world where visually and physically, according to Newtonian physics, because unified field physics has to also fit in the real world. It has to explain Newtonian physics and then go beyond it. And so I realized that, that you can't have things going on in the physical world that are contrary to unified models. So we went through that whole equation that water was primarily implosive, meaning it pulled things inward more than it pushed things outward. And that symmetry was the lock of death. So anytime you created symmetry, motion would cease, and it's called the void. And the void has room for an endless supply of desire and ideas coming from the universe to come through. So you get to this point where nothing's good or nothing's bad. It's just kind of how the universe behaves and it behaves to predominate itself and water expresses this so nolte and i were very close on the philosophy there so i got along with him real good right off the rip before natural action had even formally started before i had fully understood the water plasma to a depth that could explain liquid water and the benefits that Nolte seemed to claim to, he, he overclaimed, I'll just flat out say it. He sold it in ways that were, in my opinion, disrespectful to water. 
because it would discredit what water really was if you tried to make water to be like a, a magic cure for everything. As magical as I think water is, it's not the role and function to be the final decision of what happens. Water is more like the referee, the orchestrator, the conductor, but it does not dictate to participating parties what they have to and cannot do. It's not a dictatorial government within the realm of water, and there's no living thing that isn't primarily made up of water. None. Mm -hmm. So there's a very simple thing going on there. And eventually water is like the physical formation. I mentioned this before of what I would call the ether, the substrate of all manifest and what the quality of that manifest and purpose is going to be. And I just took to Dolte on that conversation because he seemed to have that level of knowledge. As we went on with the company, there was huge disagreements and a lot with new valuable technologies. There's a lot of fighting, a lot of devious behavior, and I'm talking at the professional level. I think that horse has been beat to death, hmm. and I think I have my own perspective on the foul play that when you get into free energy, healing, health, better methods that reduce the harvesting of physical material of earth and delays the regeneration of them, right? Like our farming practices, our pharmaceutical or medicinal practices, and the two philosophies that both have value, but they're highly out of balance with the truth. One's kind of like 90-10 and the other one 10% of the time, actually probably way less than that, has a purpose and a value. Other than that, it's resistance to the pathway to the truth to a higher quality level and how energy moves. Like it moves in leaps and water behaves in this way. And you asked about the intelligence. Well, when nothing happens to water and the whole scientific community sees this at this point, that, hey, the protocols for the test called for two minutes, then you knew everything about it, then you shut it off. But people would accidentally leave testing devices on water for like all of a sudden somewhere between six and seven minutes you see a response commonly in water from leaving some type of energy input on and now all of a sudden the water starts breathing meaning the vibrations start oscillating what was flat line starts moving around and then the scientist or the observer goes oh something changed and it's dynamic now and it's dynamic but it has a pattern to it what is the pattern so I analyzed the patterns that would pop up and they turned out to be of phi ratios. So then I started studying numbers and number relationships and I'd always played music all my life. So I took the number relationships, took them to that. And then you see a cascade of people where if you read their work, they understood that. That's stuff they teach in like mystery school or back in, you know, times when like, uh, full development and teaching of learning music, not just how to play the instrument like Jimi Hendrix, but how to understand the geometry underneath it. And when you get to that, you know, my family were Freemasons from Sandusky's on my dad's side. So around the home were a whole bunch of geometric stuff in code language, but I could see the geometry, right? So you start to see with my journey, a parallel pathway of all the tools I needed culminated with water and were useful in making a deeper relationship with water. And so when you go back through the vapor phase, you find out that way before HHO, 
way before Yul Brown. It's not his real name, but he named the substance after his fake name. And then before that, there was Rhodes, so there was a patent on it in the 50s. And before that, Victor Schauberger and Walter Russell and Tesla were all trying to teach everybody how all this worked and how it was much simpler than we had been presented even with Newtonian physics that really doesn't make sense when we observe nature. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yes, those are some of the names that I'm really intrigued by in terms of the people who've been kind of left out of the science story. And to get into your actual products, you have like a whole house system, an under-the-sink system, shower filters, even a portable water revitalizer. These are essentially revitalizers and vortexes for the dead, stressed, exhausted water that comes into our homes, right? Correct. And to parallel off of the last portion of who is important in history in this, there's a guy by the name of Andreas Schultz, and very different from Emoto. Emoto's work, I don't know if it's been so scrubbed and twisted that it's kind of like Tesla and Schauberger, where you're going to get like a fantasy side of it in writing, but when it comes time to get hardcore with it, it's like scrubbed out of all the writing, right? And there's more than stories behind that. There's factual evidence that these books were all scrubbed where these people went to share the more simple, you know, the 12-step method of music of how this fits together and what it means when you create harmony and how harmony has a definition. So basically, the basis behind all this technology, no matter which way we do it, it's just like an instrument. Like you can have a guitar that plays harmony, you can have a piano, you can have a violin, you can have strings, you can have brass, and all these instruments break the laws of physics, and then you put them all together in an orchestra, right? So that's water's job is to give birth to the instruments and help regulate the environment at which this birth occurs. There's a human parody that goes on here that goes all the way to cancer with this stuff and understanding what's really going on, which takes the fear out of the equation, right? So if you study white and black magic, or just magic, moreover, before you start judging it as white or black, there's a mechanism for attention and intention and to deceive would be black magic, to trick, and this could be fun too, like, you know, how you pull a prank on your buddy and it's way more fun than just telling a, a joke. That's kind of how the universe works, but it's like a like a little bit of stress to make more humor out of this and the humor in the end outweighs the stress. Sure. And sometimes you go too far, right? And then you're like, oh shit, they got hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh man, I just hurt my buddy. And you're like, man, I'm so sorry. This was supposed to be funny, you know? And then they get you back and you can't criticize them, you know? And now, it, you know, it, sometimes the whole thing just becomes unraveled. Black magic is more on the grounds of the way it's being conducted is to deceive to the point of destruction, meaning there is intention to cause harm from one spirit to another. It's probably best to start it there rather than from one being or one human or human to planet. Probably best to look at the spirit side of this as what is underneath this that's driving it and how does that heal? And how would water automatically help that heal because of observing what it really does? What does water really do? You know, it makes better relationship with all things without judgment. And then I'm like, whoa. And this is like mathematical. This is geometrical. This is calculable. And that's the hard part to explain because 
you know, in a democracy setting where people have opinions with no experience and it's just all over the place. It's total chaos. It's anarchy. Like democracy is a way to go to anarchy. If you ask people who have no idea what they're doing, have never looked at it, what their opinion is. And I know I represent a depth of that and a controversy of that, but I always like to let people know it's through my study because I don't believe in wasting my time or anybody else's or reinventing the wheel. So I go back through history and not, I don't just read. I go, Ooh, that's a great idea. I'm going to try that too. And there's no excuses, no money excuses, no nothing. Let's try this and watch what happens. And if we're not sure in the beginning, let's do it over and over again until we get some kind of clue of what we do know about this and what we don't. And I think I represent a more what we don't know about water at all. So quit trying to define it like as easy water, as Brown's gas, as this, that or the other. We have to be real generic. And what we can say now is plasma means nothing to water. Because water, no matter which phase it's in, of the three phases other than transition, is always in transition and is always supporting life. And it may support the life that turns around and rips everything apart to start over again if we don't watch out. So I'm not a big guy in acting like water's this nice, loving, female, caressing thing that's always, because that's not a reality. Water can turn into one of the most destructive things in the world if it's time to tear everything down and it will support the pathogenic line if that's where it ends up. So that gets pretty deep on you know what it is, what it isn't, and the fact of what our products deal with. So Andrea Schultz basically found a way to repetitively show that when we choose to stress water too much, it becomes nasty and so does everything in it. That's kind of the extreme. On the flip side of the coin, we can also encourage it to harmonize as its primary function for what we call constructive energies, not pathogenic behavior. So there's your dipole between tearing things down to try it again or building things up with a higher quality. And Without getting into the depth of the science, that's what every product we sell in what we call the passive ionization sense, which is studied in conventional engineering for a long time. Basically, it doesn't wear out. It doesn't require any chemicals. That's the cool part of the technology is it takes a step in, hey, we mine a very little bit from the earth and now it works forever to a degree within reality of our lifetimes. and gets better as it works because of the energy that's present that the water condenses from the desires of the universe, which is to bring life forward. And recently we've gotten more into filtration and dealing with that aspect in the highest quality we've been able to study over the last, you know, 12 years of our conception and, you know, new products all the time and kind of raising the bar a little bit right now. So principally we're de-stressing the water and bringing in life force energy. And instead of teaching like complex nuclear physics, which isn't any more complex than music itself, now it's kind of like simple life force energies of here's what promotes growth and here's what promotes degeneration. And both of them are necessary for the life cycle to go on. It's as simple as everything you can see or perceive in this physical world breathes in and out 
And the out is food for another and the in is food from another. And so now we become, you know, fundamental with our relationship as beings and as human beings, what we physically do in contribution for the whole globe, you know, always inherently. Yeah, I think that's a great summary. And when I look at the details of these products and getting into the Carbogene filter, I see that you use Ormus, which is super interesting, and Shungite, which is another really interesting thing to be in there, you know, pretty unconventional from most other household filters. Talk to us a little bit about the inclusion of Shungite and Ormus, because Ormus, that story is quite interesting. We've talked about it before. It's another one of those things where people are still a little fuzzy on what it really is. Monoatomic gold, sure, we can say that, but, you know, <laughs> that doesn't really explain it in layman's terms. But those are just interesting inclusions. Oh, I, I agree. And I don't think we're, you know, at a point of like a knowing where we can say this is what it is hands down. I think it's all very transitional. Your intro pointed out those concepts of, you know, how like, shouldn't we be asking the question before we just say, okay, Ormus? <laughs> and so I'm coming, I'll give you where I'm coming from, right? I'm coming from an atomic, not a chemical or electronian model, right? And I want to know what the electron is, and nobody is doing a very good job explaining it in my career, right? Chemists don't explain it very well when I ask, they can't answer the question. The atomic guys are like, who cares? The atom's the core of it. The electrons have to follow along with what the core does. And I'm like, ah, okay, so you're saying the atom is a foundational piece, not the electron, right? And this, you know, relates to, you know, where we head with Ormus, where we head with the Shungite. And so this is part of what I'm teaching people, whether you're a chemist, whether you're a PhD, I don't care what your title is. Like I have real world experience with this stuff and I know how to get the outcome repeatedly. So, you know, Hudson was the guy who was farming and you know, I have a great interest in soil and the electrical nature. And so my dad was a chemist and I leaned towards being an atomist and neither of us thought there was a lot of deep truth in the way it was told to either side of that. And then you have the point in between the two of like how matter forms, like, you know, more like John Keeley and Walter Russell and Victor Schauberger and Tesla and on and on and on. Those are some of the famous ones, but there's more, you know, who contributed greatly. Steinmetz, well, he hit it in a mathematical equation. What is an imaginary number? Where did it come from? These are all questions, right? People are taught math. What's an imaginary number? Math teacher doesn't know it's a necessary part to explain energies that weren't quantifiable that came into the system and left the system. So we created another dimension and we called it negative J. And, you know, we put some inverse functions on it, real simple, flip it over and run it backwards and see what it does. Is it symmetrical or not? You know, and so now this opens up the you know, entire door to, like you said, do we have an understanding of oh, what about centrifugal forces and what about centripetal forces? And what if both of them were always going on at the same time? And then you get the toroid now, then you get vortex-based mathematics and Marco Roden. Then you find out Marco Roden didn't discover vortex-based mathematics. It was talked about 200 years ago in all sorts of mystery schools in different ways. They just didn't publish it to as much people. So you see the same story over and over again, 
I'm not a big like institutionalized religious person in any way. I I'm educated on many different religious fashions, but that's not what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in subscribing to these institutions. I'm interested in where they provide harmony for each other. Meaning I'm interested, how do we put this together? Not take it apart so we can claim ownership of a piece and rename it again and confuse everybody, right? So it's the confusion of what this stuff is. So Ormus implies something that's better for something, but if you use it too much, too much will cause imbalance and now you'll start to stress the system. So is it gold or is it the principle of being stable in a different spin state? In other words, a different chord, a different set of frequencies because nobody's ever isolated a single frequency in any analysis anywhere at any time. Nobody's ever proved absolute zero. You know, Tesla was really interested in Crook's research and Dewar's research on trying to stop motion within the universe observably. And when they were exhausted, they came out and they said, forever and all is alive and in motion. This idea of controlling fundamental and rudimentary energies of the universe is ridiculous. And why would we want to stop life anyways? And so they all kind of went on to, now let's start doing things more efficiently. And that's what the technology embodies. And as far as the residence goes, and as far as you go, we provide that across the board. And it's simply putting more constructive free to make decisions water in your body has nothing to do with the atom or the you know battery energy of the world. Those are like side consequences. Those are like, yeah, of course you would get a bigger battery with it. Of course you would get more reliability. Of course you would get that because... It's a better whole unit. Like we have a better race car. We have a better submarine. We have a better airplane. Like the whole thing is better. And often people want to know well, what's better about the water. And it's like to your senses, you know, it's softer to your conscious senses, to your subconscious senses. It's balancing things that you don't even know about. And you can trust that there's plenty of evidence. Not everyone can understand it. And it's that much harder to present to people who are programmed in a certain direction of taking things apart to take ownership, which is largely what school teaches us more or less underneath it all in the black magic sense. <laughs> yes. And all that black magic, you know, the media keeping us in a stressful fear state. It seems like that's a frequency that is held in the water in our bodies. Potentially it's definitely affecting a ton of people. And I've heard you refer to your products as kind of like living orgone accumulators, which is a description that I appreciate. I was a big fan of some of uh, the Wilhelm Reich material. And I guess it's just curious to me. So if we're looking at water and I had an experience similar to yours at Mount Shasta, where uh, the water, they say, takes 50 years to really come from the snow at the top to the bottom. <laughs> Pretty insane. It's a statistic or a fact that has stuck with me because I'm like, this water has been traveling longer than I've been alive. That seems so weird. But it was it really was great water. Uh, me and my wife felt like as we continued on our road trip, it stayed cold in the jar longer. Just a weird observation maybe it was a placebo effect kind of thing but i can understand how water traveling from the top of mount shasta to the bottom is filtered to such an insane degree and kept at the right temperature and it goes through this process and it comes out 
as good as water could be, potentially. That makes sense to me, but it's a little harder for me to wrap my mind around how trash city water full of all this bullshit comes to our house and you've got these products that are shorter than me. I mean, they're a couple of feet and they have this stuff inside of them. It's harder for me to understand how that corrects the water with such a a narrow a narrow device, you know, a narrow pipe. I mean, I can't see a cross section inside of it. I know you're vortexing it, but you know what I'm getting at? It's like the water is trash coming from the city and then it comes into our house and then boop, it goes through this two foot thing that you've developed. And now it's back to quality water. Help me out there. Yeah. And it, it is the amazing part of it where you get to, kind of going back to the unified model is time cannot be a dictator of things. So that's like a program. Like it takes X amount of time to achieve things. Okay. Whatever you say that limitation is, then that's likely to be the manifest. The disclaimer is your tap water going through our device won't be as good as the Shasta water. And it's not because it takes 50 years for the water to go through the process at all. It has to do with the mass of the energy of the earth at that place that's always affecting the water, which is instantaneous devoid of time. So in other words, we could emulate the process of taking 50 years to go down the side of the mountain to get to a drinking status, and we could accelerate that and get damn close from the electrodynamic equation, the energy balance of the, that whole equation and make that water contain just as much power. What we cannot replicate is the constant evolution of the water being from that spot on the earth. That is the different equation we can't emulate, but that builds up over time. So if you look at having units in houses and in multiple houses or you talked about earlier, like, how would you deliver the water to the mid-sized city? Well, if we built our devices, we'd have to mine too much shungite. We'd have to do all this stuff, right? Well, simply in the city, every section of pipe, you know, could have a section that induces left spin and right spin energy over and over again. You could create beats. You could create patterns like two for one, like two to the left, one to the right. That's different. That makes a different charge on the water. It's a different beat, a different pattern. Does it make a drastic difference? No. I like Mount Shasta water. One of my favorites as far as the bottled water categories. So, you know, I got onto that right quick. Oh, bam. This I'm super sensitive to water. So oh, Shasta water is nice. It's good. Sedona water, that's nice. Good. You know, a couple others, right? They still have properties in them. But the longer they sit on the shelf in that plastic bottle, the more they're exposed to direct sunlight for too long, the more they're exposed to Wi-Fi for too long. Water's reading all that and adjusting itself to adapt itself and adapt the Wi-Fi, believe it or not. It doesn't go, oh, this is a human being. I care about the. It doesn't care about the difference. It sees all... It's so foundational that it sees every atom as a living being, and that's what it's adjusting with if you get into the deeper layers. So these atoms, like Ormus, like Hudson found out, gold isn't gold. Gold has the DNA of a vibration in it that you can tell where it came from on the Earth. 
Shungite is from the North Pole. The North Pole energy is subtly different than the South Pole energy, but it's very different when you're looking on that subtle line. So these substances tend to corroborate with everybody's story. And what I found funny in my whole journey with this of trying to answer the same questions when I came into it that you're asking, you know, and Schultz was one of them that showed, look, there's like an instantaneous change when you trigger. So there's a trigger, an impulse that sends water into the right mode. Now it's in a mode. Okay. It's the same exact function. This would be better for laymen, for people who are into health and healing of autoimmune versus regular immune and parasympathetic versus sympathetic nervous system. The water has that exact same property within it from an electrodynamic standpoint. Hmm. So where may it be coming from in the human body? Is autoimmune is a stuck memory pattern in the blood, which is due to a behavior put on the water for too long, in my opinion. And we talked about a lot of high-level stuff. Just to simplify as we're wrapping up, what do you consider the most important daily rituals to stay in health or to stay in harmony? Obviously, drinking living water. Is there more to say? I would say building the relationship with water, however you see fit. Obviously, other people have ideas, but you can do whatever you want. And so not just like starting the day with living water, but putting a a foundational process underneath what that first morning water is or how I might get it. It could be like walking on the dew just before the sun rises up until the sun rises and a little bit to the sunrise, getting water through your feet bottoms. That's very special water that just went through a pole change right through the sidereal time. And that might be your ritual or you might have a lot of rituals to start the day, but what you're doing is building a deeper relationship using one of your physical necessary and etherical necessary master elements really to connect to the earth and the female energies or the mother energies. And that connects to the rest of the universe as you go. So water is just like this necessary instrumental fundamental thing for most people. There are exceptions that can do this, provide this transition for you or uh, evolution that's more of a leap. It happens gradual, but it's more of a leap. And from there, I think there's a, a more subconscious guidance that you get uh, for the people that are called to work with water. This isn't for every human being, I fully admit. You know, for some people, water's a chemical and that's what it'll always be. And that's not going to inhibit their experience as a human being through Earth, in my opinion. That's what their choice is or their being. This is kind of for people who go, yeah, water's, I get it. That's my master element. If I had to make a relationship with one element, I guess I would choose water because I'm a big water sack and my brain's mostly water and everything else. And maybe this water's just kind of like a dense ether and it's really good connection to the divine, mm. uh, to whatever we call that. And we can make up our own story on that canvas and we don't have to become programmed or institute. So there's like a freedom in it, in my opinion. And alchemy, like study alchemy and realize like the reason why alchemy was probably successful is because they created rituals, in-depth understanding of copying nature, right? Burning and exalting and recondensing. And if you do that kind of thing more with water, the better results you get from it without a shadow of a doubt. And 
you can take a scientific process and why can one human get more out of it than another? It's like, why can one race car driver make that car go faster than the other, even though it's the same race car, right? It's your sensing, it's your desire, it's whatever it is for the time. So 100%, the relationship and your limitations or lack thereof is what allows water to become like medicine level, if that's what you want, to become very healing, to become like the indigenous people talked about and like Victor Schauberger talked about many, many other people on the globe. It's really your relationship and you don't really even have to believe, just be open that water is a magical substance that can do things that we can't explain. And it's denser than most of the other ones as far as immediate results go. And it also performs on the scientific line, meaning it does do enough repetition to say there's valid arguments in this for every positive and negative effect we see happen on the planet right now. Right on. I like it. And calling it a dense ether is provocative. I'm definitely going to remember that one. And just before we start wrapping up and giving people the links, I wanted to throw this in here. But I understand you've done a couple of ayahuasca ceremonies, and I have a friend who's done several as well. The listeners know Gordon White really well, but he has a lot of great material across a wide range of subjects, but he likes following this water science too. And when it comes to the ayahuasca purge, it's pretty common for people to say that it's not exactly vomit. There's too much volume there, given the stripped down diet you're usually on leading up to the experience. And Gordon has this hypothesis that maybe there's a relationship between the purge and the gel water in our cells, and that that might be part of what a person is spewing up. It might be part of the detoxification of the purge. What do you think? I had the same experience, and I was like that, you know, a pole reversed in the equation, like a lot of fine spread out stuff, like this is the way I would describe it, condense in your core. And I won't go into detail, but it doesn't seem possible what that, and and I wasn't a heavy purger. Most of the people in the room, because I did like a 35 group circle ceremony, and most of the people in the room, like I was like, I don't even know how that's possible. I was kind of like one and done and poof off into other dimensions, learning about how the universe works again, having a good old time. <laughs> Once I got through my healing and my pain side of it, you know, which was a very poignant purge. So I believe there's a memory going away with that that has to do with the more hardened water, which kind of would be the what they try and talk about as the gel water, which I think is kind of confusing when you look at the full story of it. But the more hardened, like hard drive memory, like I believe some of that is coming out like same way you kind of get rid of the hardness and water and erase some of its memory, but you can never erase its identity. It's always going to stay the same as far as that goes. So some truth in that. And I, I've looked at some correlations similar. I'm not familiar with people's work enough to speak on it, but I made that correlation with ayahuasca and core memory and the spinal column and you know, when the atomic force microscope discovered that water actually grows itself into solid material and has nothing to do with the easy water explanation and that type of gel water. And it has nothing to do with new phases because it's a mixture of soft solids and liquids. So you got two phases going on in any living water almost always. 
And then if it's moving and free, you have a gaseous phase in there too that strikes up known as water plasma. And now in carbon nanotubes, they're seeing water freeze under in way off conditions, like freezing at boiling points and all sorts of anomalies, right? So you got water that's basically coming out and breaking all the laws of physics that were placed on it by a limited physics. And you have a full open field and canvas to paint and create on and use water to as your conductor of your own orchestra and all the parts and pieces that you bring into your life that everybody knows you want a higher quality life and bring more joy and limit the suffering. But everybody knows suffering has a purpose too. Right now, I think the whole picture and the planet is suffering too much and it's been done by a artificial means that is opposing nature. So I'm 100% with you on the perspective that it is time and I'm just here to kind of help usher that in. Amen. Me too. Just trying to help push that pendulum back the other way. Yep. yep. But man, I love it. We covered a lot of ground. I really appreciate the water education class we had here today and on so many other things we clearly got educated. And I really am impressed with the products you're making to revitalize the water that we've been mistreating for too long. Let the people know anything else you'd like to tell them before we go, your links, where to get the products, any deals or new products in the works, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, so naturalaction.com is our main website. We also have a member site that you become a member and you can get access to like past webinars, which I do like presentations and interviews. So some of the presentations visualize and show, you know, a little bit more like graphing data and, you know, things to more quantify what we're talking about that are harder to do words with the behavior of water. So for those who, you know, want to dive in a little bit deeper, the member site is great with, you know, data and other papers and other people's work like James DeMeo and Benny Johansson and Andreas Schultz's work and, you know, a little bit of the broader picture and then products, you know, we pilot products for about a year. We basically develop with customers input. So we have a pretty solid idea where we want to go and why and scientific evidence to boot. But in the end, we want a customer feedback that says, this is what it did for me. This is what I like. So, you know, the new products we're out with are basically what we call the MagnaRay technology that came about because of the grace of manta rays and the fact that we we're using a magnetic array in a different arrangement birthed the term magna ray which is a unique geometry surrounding the water of a certain type of magnet design and direction where we actually try and inhibit the amount of magnetic field because as our webinars are talking about, there's other more subtle forces underneath the magnet. We're more interested in putting those in the water than we are using magnetic force in the water, which also has a purpose. So it's our unique way of starting the zero point conversation by the use of magnets to bring water up to, uh, you know, let's just say more horsepower in the life horse field. And it's like terrain. It's going to work in your body where it is needed most, probably not necessarily where you think it's needed most, but y'all all can work together better when that life force is in there. And that's a whole history of work we're covering in the webinar. So we're really proud of the, and we offer that for the whole home and the portable, the Magna Ray series, we call it the MR24 and the Carbon Gene. 
And in addition, there's atomic information involved at the pure nano level particle of a lot of silver, some Ormus gold, some seawater Ormus. In other words, like a lot of trace minerals, rather than using them up, we're basically transcribing the vibrations of those in a different state into the water is a little bit beyond theory. And that water carries into your body, works from the inside out rather than the outside. And if you were doing vibrational treatment from the outside, so it has somewhat of a theoretical slash model view of practicing for healing, but in the very subtle sense. Those are two new hot ones. We got a lot of practical stuff. We're doing whole home filtration with whole home ionization or passive ionization or revitalization, whatever you want to call it, water structuring, a lot of names for it. Just overall quality deliver and the more conscious living state is probably the added periphery layer of the story. And really high quality filters we've researched for a long time and uh, combinations to make it more practical to bring the overall water quality up is something that's new. We got a wine, a tabletop wine unit we're coming out with. Believe it or not, this technology like highly alters the quality of wine because it's mostly water. Mm -hmm. So it tends to like age or mature wine instantly. So when people want to know how it can change water so fast, it's like, how could it age wine 80 years or 100 years <laughs> like right now? So that's a new product kind of off the topic of health and more in the eyes of pleasure and enjoyment and agriculture. And I think we have a few new things on the horizon yet to come. I don't want to mention yet, but the MR24, the carbon gene, really good reviews over the last year from our users. And we were hoping it was going to be worth the step up. And then if I had to tell anybody where to start, I would stay start with the shower and the portable. And there's other companies who manufacture this stuff who also achieve very similar things. Our uniqueness is in our shungite recipe and our quartz and the way we manufacture it and put it together. Our flow mechanics are somewhat unique on most of our like pressure line units with the exception of the portables. And they last for a lifetime and they don't require any service. And if you're not spiritual, they're very practical. And if you're not practical, they can be very spiritual in the progression of what, you know, the human life experience is. It's the change is significant for I would say probably 90 plus percent of the people use it. And I've, we have like a 90 day, we will not hassle you at all. So if you don't like it, send it back. If it doesn't, you know, we don't oversell generally, you know, some people make claims that'll cure you of things. I don't believe in that. I believe the person has to decide they want to heal and has to apply the full measure. But if there was one thing that's easy to change, I would say it'd be this technology and water and there's a set it, forget it mode and there's an alchemic mode to it. And you can do both if you want. You know, it doesn't hurt. It synergizes. Helps all your absorption work a little bit better. So even people on pharmaceutical prescriptions started getting side effects that they didn't have for years when they start drinking like a better balanced living water. And it's not the water's like, I'm not going to let the pharmaceutical in because it's bad. The water's going to make the pharmaceutical as effective as it can be for whatever musical recipe it is or isn't. And they would get side effects. And they would say, after, right after I started drinking this water, this started happening. And I'd be like, hey, it usually doesn't have a big negative unless you're detoxing real hard. No, I don't feel like I'm detoxing because I don't feel bad. Are you on medicine, prescription medicine? Yes. 
okay, we're not giving medical advice here, but take less of it and see what happens. <laughs> and then people would, for years, people would call. I don't like to have this conversation a lot, you know, in the public, more public eye, because it's like you're giving medical advice to tell somebody to reduce their prescription. And so at their own will, they reduce their prescription and eventually they would get off of it and say, I don't even need it anymore. You know, doctor says that, you know, this is better and that's better and he'd still like me to do this, but I'm not even going to do that because I feel so much better. And now I'm eating better. Now my whole life cascaded into the changes because it gave me that confidence that there is a reality to a lot of these statements that people make, but any one thing probably no, but if there was one thing, I mean, that's why I changed my career. I mean, I was an industrial engineer. I used to develop like custom machinery for aerospace. You know what I mean? I, I was like, boom, I'm done with that. I'm moving to this, you know, I'm getting involved with agriculture. I'm getting involved with understanding the earth and the water. And, you know, this company just kind of happened to be where it worked out where, okay, I can you know, take something that had a good start and a lot of harassment and see if we can keep this going and build on a good thing and make it better. So that's where we're at and working with folks like yourself who obviously have a very deep conscious understanding of what is needed. If we're truly going to implement the talk about wanting to take care of the planet and be green mm -hmm. right now, it's just a bunch of fluff, you know, it's just corporate yeah. dominant fluff with kind of small independent movements of people. And that'll build some strength because they're willing to implement. If we can all get together and implement these independent, smaller movements of, of reconnecting, you know, Wim Hof and, you know, cold water therapy and breathing and really just working in the basic primal sense, you know? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And I love your show and, and your willingness to ask the question and go down all the roads. And it, that's all that stuff beyond water has always been. What I'm, you know, ETs, like, what's up with that? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's have that conversation. Are we the most intelligent people in the universe? I hope not. Doubt it. That's a yeah, slight to not. the universe, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. Man, really good stuff. And you mentioned James DeMeo. I should mention that he did study and endorse the product that he was testing. And that's an endorsement I would hold in high regard. He's been here before, so the audience knows. Uh, he doesn't mess around. So if he likes the products you're putting out there, that is uh, probably good enough for a lot of people. But very cool. I hope Yeah, James is one of the guys I consider to be really uh, legit in his work. We've never met and talked at all. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of our UV spec work corroborates with what he reported and, you know, the water magazines and has had published. And we're working on supporting that and explaining that further and i love that research side you know of getting with and go asking these questions and going how do you know how do we explain this so you know real beautiful time for me and my own personal like research and questions but at the same time for the company and the fact that for 12 i'm like man if this is around for 10 years it ain't gonna go away i really gotta commit to this it's gonna stay and it's not an easy thing to do you know, because everybody wants a push button solution and wants it for everybody right now, you know, and it, it's going to be a little bit of an uphill hike, but I'm up for it. And I <laughs> am very thankful for platforms like this and your ability to reach and educate people. And I hope I can contribute to adding something to it. And other than that, I really honored and grateful to be on your show. Yes, man. Very much appreciated. 
I like to see people out there improving the world instead of just bitching about how bad it's gotten. <laughs> so kudos to you for doing that and take care. And also to you. Take care. Hallelujah, people. How about it? Obviously, water has become one of those threads that we've looked at from an esoteric alternative perspective. And it does seem like there's a lot more to it than we were ever taught. And I think we know why. George Wiseman, Gerald Pollack, Dr. Dana Cohen, Shaman Janir, even Aaron and Jeremiah just a couple shows back said something about water being just a dense ether. I'm pretty sure. Or did John say that? I've been recording a lot and some comments have started to blend together, but somebody said it and it makes sense to me. John did have a great analogy with studying the eggshell and throwing away the white and the yolk. It's like science has largely only studied the water molecule in isolation, as Gerald Pollack said. So the communicative properties of water have been completely left out. I mean, just think about it. How can you study water structure with a single molecule? So it does seem to me that John clearly studied water at a deep level and made a lot of compelling points. I'm excited to see if I notice a difference in water that has been revitalized with the pitcher pour-through device. I bought the expensive one because, as I always say, subtle effects and changes tend to go unrecognized by me. So I wanted to go with the most supercharged product so I have the greatest chance of seeing or tasting a difference. So, you know, I'm neutral. I just find John's perspective and product offerings intriguing. But I haven't used anything yet, so I can't really say one way or another. My product is interviews, and I think in that department, we scored today. I thought it was pretty compelling. Obviously, I like to let people know what was in the Plus show, and in this one we talked about how cell water relates to health. The effects of some of his products, he has a pool filter that we talked about where it's been reported that it feels like you're floating in gel and your aura can be sensed more clearly, which led us to talk about the stories of old natural healing hot springs. We also got into if ghosts and paranormal experiences are the spiritual memory of the ether. That is John's theory. It's quite compelling. He also did some work looking into the Rife microscope, so we talked about the importance of that and pleomorphism, the work of Walter Russell, and that question of if humanity needs to be ready for this change in energy systems. You guys know it's kind of a pet peeve of mine when that response is given, because if the answer is, well, humanity has to be ready, this is something we've heard before as part of the answer as to why we don't have so many things from free energy systems to alien contact, but okay, well, how much of humanity has to be ready? Is it every single person? Is it 51% of people? Like, when you get into what that means, it seems a little hard to pin down. But regardless, we also talked about his work on a free energy device using water and how soon it might hit the market. Sign up for Plus if you like what I do. I think we've had some bangers lately, and you get a seven-day free trial right off the bat. So, no risk, no loss, all reward, all gain. And while we're doing pitches, yeah, John offered us that coupon code, and I just wanted to make sure that I passed it on to you. THC-10 for 10% off, $1,500 or less. THC-20 for 20% off, $1,500 or more. Do your own research, I just ask the questions. Seems cool to me though, obviously, or I wouldn't have had him on. 
Where I live, I have no way to use the whole house filter. No garage, no basement, no place where that could be mounted, really. So I thought about the under the sink unit, but that's just one faucet. So it felt more logical to get the pour through slash pitcher device. So I can test it on beer and wine and coffee too, like he mentioned. I'll drink from it for a week or so and let you know what I think. I will add this one testimonial that I thought you'd like to know about, but John's YouTube channel has a clip from a woman named Susan Decker who owns Blue Star Farms. It's a farm in the New England area, I think, and she did an experiment where she watered crops with structured water units from Natural Action Tech versus a control group, and she said the plants that got structured water showed a significant difference in being bigger, taller, stronger plants, and that it was obvious to the naked eye. So someone who has a farm as their business? I don't think they're messing around. I don't think she would say she got results if she hadn't. But get a product or not, it is all food for thought, and this is just another water episode to add to the stack. I like it. In higher side news, join me and the Gramerica guys for a weekend at Mount Shasta in February. Contact at thecabin.com if you want to go. The details are all there. You're looking for the Magic on the Mountain event. Bound to be a good time. And let's look at the calendar at HiresideMeetups.com. I'm putting this show out on October 5th, so tomorrow, October 6th, we got the Los Angeles Truthers going to Flame International Restaurant on Santa Monica Boulevard in L.A. Still trying to work out if I can make it up to that. It is a bit of a trek, you know, but it's also fun to meet the people. Anyway, October 8th, we got the Bizarre Tales podcast and THC meetup at Old Lloyd's Arms Pub in Grimsley, England. Bringing the tribes together. That's what it's about. Now, on October 9th, we got the Rising Conspiracy Full Moon Meetup. People near Cleveland should know that they can go to the Winking Lizard in Lakewood, Ohio, and have a good time with other THC fans. I also see events this month in Redlands, California, in Des Moines, Iowa, another one in London, One in New York, New York. One in Philly. It's stacking up. I love it. It's great to see the calendar be a little less bare each month. So good stuff. Making friends, building the network, and finding people you can trust to not panic the next time they throw a bunch of fear porn at us. But that's it for me. Naturalaction.com if you want to check out what John's got to offer. And if you do, leave me a voicemail review. And we'll put them all out there in the next uh, joint session or something. But until then, I'm getting out of here. Take care of you and yours. I've done my part. Your move, structured water suppressors, water science sensors, and H2O authorities who don't want us to know about that sweet, sweet water magic. Your fucking move. Sometimes when I get down, I eat a bunch of corporate junk. Processed stuff that makes you fat. Yeah, it's a weak and sickly people making industry. Don't tell me, don't tell me lies. Discipline is no fun, I find. Denial makes it all gone. And I don't have to face it, that's right. 
technology And every now and then I try to quit and leave it be But it's too hard to turn it off It's getting worse and That is another show complete. Remember, as much as you enjoyed this, which is just the free first hour, I hope you'll become a Plus member to hear the full two-hour interviews. You also can engage with other Plus members in the comments and the forums, and you'll find your answer to one of the most common questions I get, which is where can I find those cover songs that you use at the end of the show? Well, they are free downloads for Plus members too. And without Plus members, I can't hire the occasional musician to bring these odd cover song ideas to fruition. Plus members are how I'm able to do what I do without ads and without the big machine being on my back. We can fit so much more into a two-hour interview, and I do my best to make it worth your time and money. The conversation only gets deeper, weirder, and more controversial in that private hour. How could it not the way things are going? But the best way to sign up is at thehiresidechats.com where new first-time subscribers always get a free seven-day trial because I'm just that confident. There's no PayPal on the website, but if you need to use PayPal, then sign up through Patreon and you get all the same episodes. Our website is a credit or debit system, but you can also scope out the other options like a few various cryptos, cash or check mailed to the P.O. Box, and I'll even barter with most people if you have your own business and produce something nice that my wife or kid or taste buds might like. But the architects of consensus reality have made it clear that these themes and topics aren't really welcome on the main stage. And so this is how we secure a little counterculture corner for ourselves, and I hope you'll join Plus because that is the only way it works. Besides, you can cancel anytime right on your profile page. The most common concern I hear is people just being unsure if THC Plus will work with their podcast app, and the answer is probably yes. But if not, we have several high-level app recommendations for whatever phone you use, and the website is made for mobile too. We're trained to tip a waitress for bringing us a sandwich, but that tip doesn't give you access to a second sandwich. 
Really, I'm not asking for any more than that, and I think I offer a better service. Come get your second serving of tasty conspiracy goodness in exchange for that small token of your appreciation. Beyond that, let it also be known that we have grown and survived as long as we have by word of mouth. I don't care so much about social media likes or follows, but tell the right people about THC. And not just listeners, but the high-level figures who are better suited to sit down with me than most other hosts. And if you can help me with any of these things, I can work to bring you better shows, which is just a win-win for both of us. Informative, entertaining, and action-packed. It also never hurts to thank a guest you liked if you have the time either. We want them to know people are listening, so they're willing to come back down the road too. Thank you for spending some time with me, and cheers to a better tomorrow.